You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up? What is up? You are listening to Locked On NBA Draft. It's your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And before I get started, today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Moment segment coming up later in the episode. But let's talk about what happened on Tuesday night. It was the NBA draft lottery. We got the results. The Detroit Pistons won the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes. And I mentioned it on, uh, I, I did a video on my YouTube channel of the top five picks. So shameless plug here. Go to NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube where I have a bunch of videos. I have this ridiculous goal of 100 videos between now and the NBA Draft. I'm about 36 days away. I started last week. I got 90 left, so I'm going to be cranking out videos like crazy. And that's the goal. I mean, I I want my draft channel to be the go-to channel and even my website to be the go-to website for all NBA draft information. And speaking of websites, I tried to update my website yesterday, and I'm on the Wix platform, and I'm pretty tech-savvy, so... It's not like it's it's difficult for me, but if anyone has done a website on Wix, the website part is easy, but the mobile app, I don't even want to tell you how much time I spent trying to redo the mobile app. I mean, I had to redo my whole mock draft. I'm almost done. I would say I probably spent like seven or eight hours working on it. And in this draft world, it's so competitive. Like right after the draft, some websites already have their sites updated. I chose to make a video last night on YouTube as opposed to working on the website. I spent all day on Wednesday working on the website. So hopefully it will be done sometime on Thursday because I'm doing the whole first round. And I'm giving a brief summary on why I think the pick will work. So NBADraftJunkies.com. You can check it out there. Also, my NBA Draft Junkies YouTube. That's where I have the video breakdowns and scouting reports. I think as of today, I've done about 60 videos for this 2021 NBA Draft class. And the goal is 100 more. So hopefully, between now and the draft, I'll have about 160 videos total. This particular episode, I was trying to think of what to do. Trying to be creative and come up with something that was related to the draft and you know what i decided to do i just decided to settle on mock draft 3.0 i know there was the draft dummies that had their mock draft yesterday and luckily for them they were able to have the episode that came out right after the lottery results so i gotta follow up behind them with my own mock draft but anyway let's get started number one obviously the detroit pistons selecting kate cunningham no need for Adam Silver to make us wait on draft day. He should just come out at the beginning of the show and let everybody know it's Kate Cunningham. If I'm Kate's people, I'm already in Detroit. I'm looking for a house. I'm scouting out the city because it just doesn't make any sense for 
any I it just doesn't even make sense for the Pistons to really interview anybody else. K said he's only going to interview one team, so this is a no-brainer. And number two is the Houston Rockets, and this is where it can get a little tricky. Uh, I mean, this whole draft process is going to be tricky, but if you're Houston, you, you have some options there. Do you go with Jalen Green? Do you go with Jalen Suggs or even Evan Mobley? Right now, I have them selecting Evan Mobley. It's not the best fit next to Christian Wood. I had mentioned on my YouTube video that Mobley and Wood would be probably one of the skinniest front courts since Hakeem Olajuwon and Ralph Sampson back in the 80s. But then someone reminded me earlier today that the Oklahoma City Thunder played Pokashevsky and Moses Brown together this year. So I don't know if you get 500 pounds combined if you combine the weights of their two members of the front court. But I think Houston would go with Evan Mobley. Jalen Green would deserve a really long look there. I think Green and Kevin Porter Jr. are similar. Some are saying that the Rockets are going to give Kevin Porter Jr. the keys to run the offense due to him as the point guard. I know they did a little bit of that towards the end of last season, but we'll see if that's their plan going forward. Jalen Suggs could be a good fit simply because I think Kevin Porter Jr. is is the guy. Now, it's kind of risky in a sense because, I mean, whatever intel issues were out there, I mean, they were able to get him for a little bit of nothing. And teams just don't give up on that type of talent for nothing unless there's some major red flags there. I mean, I think that was the reason why he fell so far in the draft. But, you know, if you're not 100% convinced that he's going to... I don't, I don't know the word I'm using. If you're not 100% convinced that, you know, he's he's a, a franchise-type player, then maybe you go to guard. But either way, I think they're going to go with Evan Mobley. But I think they should take a really long, hard look at the two Jalen's that are projected to go in the top five. And number three is the Cleveland Cavaliers. I have them selecting Jalen Green. And, again, I mentioned this on my website, or I'm sorry, on my YouTube channel yesterday. I'm curious to see how the Jalen Suggs, Colin Sexton dynamic would work because Sexton averaged 24 points per game. And a lot of people are saying that he's best suited for a role as a sixth man, which I can't really disagree with that because there's not a lot of not a lot of six one shooting guards in the NBA. But Sexton has done his part. I mean, he's played well. Like I mentioned, he, he scored, shot about 37 percent from three. I think it'll be really hard to convince him that, hey, we got a role for you. It's coming off the bench on a team that is not a playoff team. So if they go with Jalen Green, then I would expect to see Colin Sexton's name being involved in trade rumors. I mentioned that the Mavs would be a pretty good place for him. I think he'd be more willing to accept a role coming off the bench on a team like the Mavs as opposed to the Cavs. But all of that is speculation at this point. So I think the Cavs would select Jalen Green. At number four, the Toronto Raptors, arguably the biggest winner on draft night. They moved up, I think, three spots. I have them selecting Jalen Suggs, the point guard from Gonzaga. I was great to say quarterback. Here's a play on words. Jalen Suggs could be the quarterback of the Raptors' offense going forward. Really big shoes to fill. He'd have to play replace Kyle Lowry, who is an absolute legend in Toronto. And I actually feel like... Wherever Kyle Lowry goes in free agency this summer, that team could possibly be the favorite for next year, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's the Lakers. Um, I think I heard Miami's going to make a play for him. I wouldn't even mind seeing him 
in places like Dallas or maybe even the Clippers, although Reggie Jackson has played well. But Jalen Suggs to Toronto is a pick that I think I think it's almost safe to pencil that in. And number five is the Orlando Magic, Jonathan Kaminga. I think this is also a pick that it seems like it's pretty safe to say that Kaminga is going to go to Orlando at number five, unless there's some trades that happen, which I do expect draft night to be full of trades. But yeah, I mean, I think Orlando has too many guards. I mean, they drafted Cole Anthony last year. They traded for RJ Hampton. So you got two guys that play similar positions or same position. It, it depends on what you think of Cole Anthony. Some think he's more of a two than a one, even though he's a primary ball handler. You got Mark Fultz, who they just paid. So I think Orlando needs a wing, and Kaminga would be this multi-positional defender wing with a high upside. And pairing him next to Jonathan Isaac would definitely give Orlando some versatility on the wing spots, two wings that can switch and defend multiple positions. So I think Kaminga to Orlando is pretty much a lock. Now, when we return, I'll give you my picks 6 through 14. I'll finish out the lottery. But I want to talk to you about the Michelob Ultra Moment. It was a tough choice for me to pick this week's Ultra Moment. But it has to be Trey Young. Now, before I get into why I selected Trey Young, that play that Jay Crowder made, that alley-oop to DeAndre Ayton for the game-winning shot, was one of the most craziest endings to a playoff game I've ever seen. And overall, I know like none of the big-name teams are still around, but these playoffs have been great. We've seen, I mean, we've seen the Clippers come back from down 0-2. In their first two series, possibly their, you know, their first three, uh, we've seen game-ending shots. We've seen Brooklyn come within Kevin Durant being a smaller shoe size away from advancing to the second round. We've seen, I mean, we've seen it all. We've seen Luka Doncic average like forty and fifteen, or I mean, not forty and fifteen, but put up crazy forty-point games against the Clippers. I mean, we've seen the strategy of different coaches. We've seen Tyron Lue go small and run the defensive player of the year off the court. But today's Michelob Ultra moment has to go to Trey Young. I mean, 48 points. It's it's crazy that the Atlanta Hawks are just three more wins away from the NBA Finals. I mean, let that sink in. The Atlanta Hawks are three wins away from the NBA Finals. Like, I mean, Trey Young is, in my opinion, I mean, you can say Devin Booker, but Trey Young has definitely been the star of the playoffs. I mean, he's brought a lot of joy, happiness, and enjoyment to the Atlanta fan base. I mean, when have the Hawks had fans? Like, I remember, you know, when they won like 60 games a few years ago, there was not a lot of fans. I mean, I went to some games when they had that team, and, you know, I could spend like 40 bucks and work my way down to close to floor seats. So, Trey Young has definitely, I mean, changed the culture of basketball in Atlanta as far as like the excitement and the buzz around the city. But go check out tons of other exciting ultra moments with the hashtag ultra moment. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. It's only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Joy creates success. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It is the whole game. All right, you're listening to Locked On NBA Draft. This is your host, Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. And let's get right back into it. At number six, it is the Oklahoma City Thunder with one of their three first-round picks and one of their many first-round picks in the next few years. 
I think I'm going to do a podcast on that. I'll do a podcast on what the Thunder should do with their picks. They may have been the biggest loser on draft day. You may say, why? Well, if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong here, but if not mistaken, they were in position to get the number one pick. I think if they didn't win that last game, it would have been like a tiebreaker that would have given them extra ping pong balls that would have put them in position to get the number one pick. And then if Houston would have fell out of the top five, that would have been their pick. So going into the lottery, the Thunder, I mean, it was a small chance, but there was a chance they could have had two of the top five picks. Now, that would definitely expedite the Sam Presti rebuilding process by a couple years because this is considered a strong draft. But anyway, at number six, I have them selecting Scotty Barnes. Many consider this to be a top-heavy five-player draft, but as of the last few weeks, it seems like it's a six-player draft, like the first six picks are pretty much locked in stone, depending on the order. But I have them selecting Scotty Barnes, the 6'8 point forward. He measured with a 7'3 wingspan, one of the most unique prospects in this draft because he's he's able to defend multiple positions, could even finish games as a 5 but in college, he played the point guard. So I'm looking forward to a Scotty Barnes, Alexis Pokashevsky front court. I mean, you talk about positionless basketball. That would be the epitome of positionless basketball. At number seven, I have the Golden State Warriors selecting Davion Mitchell from Baylor. Davion Mitchell is probably one of the biggest risers. I did not think he was a top 10 pick coming into the season he's coming off a strong junior year in Baylor which they won the national championship I think for Golden State he would be able to come in off the bench and provide defense and that's something that um, I think will earn him minutes in the rotation early because he's a an excellent defender he's aggressive he's strong he's athletic he has all the physical tools to be a a high level defender in the NBA and then he's a pretty good playmaker Shot the ball well from three this year, even though a lot of people are considering it an outlier season. They don't believe that he'll be able to maintain those shooting splits because he wasn't a good free throw shooter and he didn't get to the line a lot. If there's one knock I had on Davion Mitchell is that he does not get to the line a lot, although he has the athleticism to, I mean, to at least get to the line four or five times a game on the college level. But we'll see how it translates to the NBA. But I think for Golden State, having a guy like Mitchell come in off the bench and provide energy and defense and additional playmaker and score, I think that would be a good fit for them if they decide to keep the pick. I don't know if I would if I'm Golden State. I'll probably look into shopping it and see if I can get you know, another star in return if you throw in a package of Mitchell and their pick number 14, Andrew Wiggins or Oubre or whatever, you should be able to to get a nice return there. At number eight, it's the Orlando Magic. Again, back on the clock, I have them selecting another wing. Moses Moody from Arkansas, a 3 and D wing. Maybe not the most sexiest pick. Some don't think that he has a really, really high upside. They just see him as a a plug-and-play guy that will knock down open shots and defend. I think he has some upside as a... A creator, not necessarily like a one-on-one creator, but I saw a comparison to Chris Middleton, which I think would be a good ceiling for him. If you're looking at Orlando's roster based off of what I've given them, you got Markel Foltz, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton as your guards, your wings, you got Jonathan Kaminga, you got Moses Moody, you have 
Jonathan Isaac coming back off a knee injury. And then at the center spot, you have Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba. So you got a pretty nice young nucleus. I think the big test for them is finding out who is their go-to guy. I felt like in the past, Orlando had some talent on their roster, but their pecking order was off because Vooch is more suited, in my opinion, to be the second or maybe even third option on a really good team. Even though he was an all-star, he put up crazy numbers, and I mean, he led the league in like points above the break this year. We'll see how that works out in Chicago, but I feel like, again, their pecking order was off. The hardest thing to do is find a superstar, and then you go, and once you find that star, you build around there. So I'm curious to see who in Orlando ends up being that go-to option and just the overall pecking order there. At number nine, it is the Sacramento Kings who I think will probably move this pick. I mean, Sacramento has missed the playoffs 15 years in a row. I'm trying to think. Where was I at 15 years ago? Anyway, it was so long ago, I don't remember. I mean, we've probably had like two different presidents since then. So I don't know if they keep this pick simply because I don't know if they need another young guy. If you Even if you look at their roster as a rookie, can you come in and crack the starting lineup? I mean, De'Aaron Fox is set at the one at the two you know it's either going to be buddy hill or halliburton at the three it's harrison barnes at the four it's marvin bagley at the five i mean if they bring holmes back which i think he's a fan favorite it just depends on what his his the cost is how much he'll cost so if you're a rookie it's going to be hard to crack that starting line so i see sacramento trading this pick i don't think they need another young guy and if they can package pick number nine and maybe Buddy Hill or pick number nine, it may be Marvin Bagley. They should be able to get a decent return on that. At number 10, I have the New Orleans Pelicans selecting James Booknight. I like Booknight. I'm a big Booknight guy. He lit up my Creighton Blue Jays for 40 points, and then he had an elbow injury that kind of, you know, it kind of threw off the momentum that he had. I still have him as a top 10 pick. I still like his upside. I mean, really athletic now ingram and book Knight would be a very skinny uh two three combination and then i'm curious to see what happens with the pelicans at point guard if they decide to go with kira lewis or kyra lewis i you know however you pronounce his name then you got kyra lewis book Knight, and brandon ingram that is one skinny lineup but you know they got zion who kind of makes up for it but if i'm the pelicans i would go with book Knight. Best case scenario, you got your big three, you got your your wing score and in Ingram, you got your, your 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 monster in the middle and Zion, and then you have Book Knight coming in as another shot creator. He's a little streaky shooter, but I think he would be a good fit there. A very interesting fit. But the Pelicans need to find out who their coach is today. On road to the finals, our NBA playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. And at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season, which I really enjoyed the playoffs, even though my Portland Trailblazers were gone in round one and we need a coach and I think we might need a new GM. But let's talk about rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need so save time and money 
when you use rockauto.com why choose to spend 30 percent 50 percent and even 100 percent more on the same parts from a chain store car dealership i've mentioned before i you know i had an issue with a car and i went to the dealership and they charged me one price and basically this dealership was buying up all the parts from the regular stores from the auto parts stores and charging an arm and a leg for the same parts so this this whole car industry is is tricky but that's why i go to rockauto.com because it's a family business they serve do-it-yourselfers like myself for the last 20 years prices are reliably low for every customer they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps to motor oil and even new carpet so if you got kids that are spilling ice cream in the back seat of your car and your you, you, you know your carpet is muddy from kids running out in the rain go to rockauto.com go explore their easy very easy and i repeat very easy to use website to find the solution for your auto part needs go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season is in full swing so is the nba playoffs and you can track all the action at bet online get all the latest odds and info for your sporting needs including major league baseball nba nhl and even ufc and mma action before the next pitch or the next tip off go to bet online on your laptop or mobile device check out all the great sporting news sign up bonuses and contest information do not sit on the sideline anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as your teams prep for their runs in the playoffs my team is out of the playoffs so all i can do is watch and enjoy it's actually not as stressful i mean it's actually pretty stressful watching your team struggle in the playoffs and i can't even imagine a stressful before game seven but anyway head to bed online to use your mobile device to sign up today Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. The promo code is locked on. All right, back to my mock lottery. I'm going to try to run through the first round real fast. At number 11, I have the Charlotte Hornets swinging for the fences and selecting Kai Jones. A lot of you may feel like this is high for Kai Jones, but I feel like with the Hornets, they got their star in LaMelo Ball, and Gordon Hayward is going to be there. He's coming off a good season if he can stay healthy. The Hornets need a center. I've mentioned it over and over on this podcast. I'm so tired of the Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo front court. I'm going with Kai Jones, freak athlete. Center may may or may not be his long-term position, but he shot 38% from three. I think he has a world of upside, and I, I think that he would be the vertical lob threat or the athletic big that would be a good complement to LaMelo, especially if, if the jump shot translates, then he has a nice pick-and-pop partner. At number 12, it is the San Antonio Spurs. I have them selecting out Perrin Shingun, one of my favorite prospects in this draft at 18 years old was arguably the best big in Europe I mean he just had a dominating season and I think with San Antonio I think it would be a good fit there San Antonio has had some luck with David Robinson Tim Duncan even though those two guys were the number one pick not since Shingun is on that level but San Antonio has had 
I mean, they've had some success with with international players and they've had some success with guys outplaying their draft position. So hopefully for the Spurs, if Shingun is available, he becomes that guy. At number 13, it is the Indiana Pacers. I have them selecting Keon Johnson, who posted a ridiculous 48-inch vert at the Combine. The Pacers need some wing help. I know some sites are a little higher on Keon. I think he's raw. I think that he'll be able to come in and contribute on the defensive end early. He's shown some flashes of being a shot maker and a playmaker. But I think if the Pacers are able to get him at 13, I think that he would be able to provide some depth there because I think it's pretty much a lock that the backcourt of Malcolm Brogdon and Karis LeVert. Moving on to number 14, it is the Golden State Warriors, and I have them selecting Franz Wagner. I think this is probably one of the best fits overall. Wagner is a Swiss Army knife. Does a little bit of everything. He's a good defender. He can make plays for others. I mean, I just think he would be a good fit in Golden State, especially with their their pass-friendly offense. I mean, you, you add another playmaker. I mean, he kind of would be like Iggy. Not saying he will be Iguodala, but I could see him coming in and playing a similar role that Iguodala played on those championship teams. Maybe not the defender. Like, you're not going to have him play LeBron like Iggy did, but I'm just talking about more so of this glue guy that's that does a little bit of everything. And number 15, the Washington Wizards. I have them selecting Usman Garuba. Garuba was a lottery pick on all my mocks prior to today. I think that he would be a good fit in Washington. He would, he would provide some athleticism, much needed help on the defensive end, and I think he'd be just this glue energy guy that could probably play some small ball center for them. If he can knock down open shots on offense, I think that would go a long way in helping him maximize his potential. And the Wizards got to find a coach. So it'll be interesting to see what they do this summer because they're looking for a coach. And, um, you know, it seems like Bradley Bill wants to be there long term. But we'll we'll see if they entertain some offers for him because I'm sure Golden State is going to come with a package for Bradley Bill. At number 16, it is the Oklahoma City Thunder with their second pick in this draft, I have them selecting Josh Giddy. So if you go back, I had them selecting Scotty Barnes with number six. I mentioned Pokashevsky. And now I'm giving them another playmaker, another oversized decision maker and passer, and Josh Giddy. That would be fun to watch. At number 17, I have their Grizzlies with Corey Kispert. I don't know if Kispert falls this far, but man, imagine the terror. Ja Morant will be able to cause on opposing defenses if he has a lineup with Desmond Bain on one side, Corey Kispert on the other, and you got uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. as your pick and pop guy. I mean, I mean, <laughs> you talk about the lane part in like the Red Sea. That would make uh, Ja Morant even more dangerous. At number 18, it is the Thunder again. And they're in position to kind of swing for the fences here or, or take gambles. So I would go with Zaire Williams. Came into the season as a highly regarded prospect. Dealt with some some issues early in the season. I mean, Stanford was a, a, a team that was without a home. I think they were living like in hotels for a, a large part of the season due to the COVID restrictions in California. So I think it was just a combination of things that led to him not having the season that a lot of us expected. But Oklahoma City's in a position to where they could draft him. And if he works out and if he ends up being the player that everyone thought he would be then they got a steal and a great value pick at number 18 
And number 19, I have the New York Knicks selecting Trey Mann. I felt like, and this is just my opinion, but I felt like in the playoffs, the Knicks' lack of scoring was exposed, lack of shot creators. And that's one thing that Trey Mann is. He is a creative shot creator, and he's like this rare three-point shot creator. Like, I mean, I want to say like 31% of his three-points baskets were assisted, and he shot 40%. So you got to think, this guy shot 40% from three. And a little more than 70% of his attempts, he shot off the dribble. So I think that would be a good fit for New York. And he could be their starting point guard. I mean, I like Derrick Rose in the off-the-bench role. It depends on if you think Emmanuel Quickly is ready to be their starting point guard. But I like Trey Mann at number 19 to the Knicks. At number 20, and this is one of the most divisive prospects, it is Sharif Cooper. And... He would not be available at number 20 for his hometown Atlanta Hawks if he is really 6'4". I mean, if you would have told me that Sharif Cooper was 5'11", I would have believed you. Maybe it's a mistake. I haven't seen it corrected as of now. But he measured out at 6'4 at the NBA Draft Combine. And, you know, I'm still not believing that. But if he is a legitimate 6'4", and that is the height that they measured from his head, not his afro, then I could easily see him moving up in the lottery, probably even in the top 10, because he is such an electric playmaker with that type of speed at 6'4", and the playmaking, yeah, he's definitely a top top 10 pick. All right, at number 21 is the New York Knicks. I think Nerlens Noel is a free agent. I think he'll have some offers this summer. I saw somewhere that the Portland Trailblazers would be interested. I think he would definitely add some much-needed athleticism there. But I saw it on one of these Instagram posts, and, you know, some of those Instagram posts just make up anything. But if, in fact, Nerlens Noel is looking for a bigger payday, because I think he only signed for one year, $5 million, Isaiah Jackson, a fellow Kentucky alum, would be a good replacement there. Jackson is a bouncy athletic defender with a high upside. Show some flashes on the offensive end, but he has a 7-5 wingspan. So I think he would be good there in New York, especially if uh, Mitchell Robinson ends up getting a, a hefty contract offer. But I think uh, Mitchell Robinson, Isaiah Jackson duo, you know, Jackson coming off the bench, I think that would be a Tibbs-type lineup there. All right, number 22, it is the Lakers, Chris Duarte. To me, this is a perfect fit for him. The Lakers need shooting, and Duarte is a ready-to-play now prospect. He's a little older. I shouldn't say a little older. He is much older in NBA terms compared to a lot of the members in this draft class. I mean, if he were as productive as he was and he was three years younger, we're talking about a top 10 pick. But I think Duarte would be a good fit for the Lakers, and he could possibly crack their rotation. All right, at number 23, it is the Houston Rockets, and they have back-to-back picks at 23 and 24. You might as well call this the Oklahoma City Thunder Houston Rockets draft because between the two teams, there are six picks in the first round. I think they should look at Jaden Springer. The John Wall experience should be over. I mean, he doesn't fit their timeline. I didn't have them selecting a point guard at number two. I had them take Evan Mobley. So I think Jaden Springer would be... You know, a good fit there. I don't know if he comes in and starts right away if they decide to keep Wall and Wall can mentor Springer while he's on his way out the door. I think that would be a good idea. 
At number 24, I have them selecting Greg Brown, and this is a um, swing for the fences pick again. Brown was a highly regarded prospect out of Austin, and he had a up-and-down freshman season at Texas. Didn't necessarily live up to the hype, but he flashed his crazy, crazy athleticism. I think that if he can develop on the offensive end, he could he could be a you know a good rotational piece. I mean, like I said, his athleticism is off the charts. I've seen some comparisons to Derrick Jones Jr. I think Brown is a little bigger, maybe has a higher upside. But if I'm Houston and with their timeline, I I let Greg Brown play for RGV. All at least start off the the season in, in RGV. I'm a, and for those that don't know, RGV is Rio Grande Valley Vipers, their G League team, and the Rockets. You know, they've done a good job of developing guys. I mean, if I had more time, I could go down a long list of guys that I've seen develop with the Vipers, most notably Robert Covington. But I think that would be a good fit for Houston. At number 25, I have the Los Angeles Clippers. I think they may need some size. De'Ron Sharp from North Carolina. I think that he may be able to come in and be their, their, I don't know, maybe their third center depends on what they do with Cousins and Serge Ibaka. At number 26, it is the Denver Nuggets, and I have them selecting Cam Thomas, the relentless gunner from LSU. Cam Thomas is a unique prospect that shoots like seven threes per game, but also gets to the free throw line like seven times a game. Like, I mean, when is the last time you've seen those numbers? And one thing that you know you're going to get out of Cam Thomas is bucket. So I think that he will be able to come in and provide some, give that, that second unit some scoring punch. At number 27, the Brooklyn Nets. I think Charles Bassey would be a go here. Brooklyn, they they may need some size. I think Bassey would be a good pick and roll threat. He was a guy that was projected really, really high coming out of high school a couple years ago and then has since seen his stock kind of fall but I think the talent is there so I will go with him at number 27 with the Brooklyn Nets at number 28 the Philadelphia 76ers I have them selecting Jared Butler I don't know exactly what's going on hope all is well with him I know there's something that he's not fit to play right now he has to go through some further further testing it's a weird situation that he has to go through some type of testing but if Everything checks out good, which I'm praying it does. I think Philly needs a point guard. I think the Ben Simmons era should be completely over. Got to move him. But so, yeah, I think Jared Butler would be a good fit there. And number 29 is the Phoenix Suns, who look like they are going to the NBA Finals. I know it's only one game. It's it's still early, especially with the Clippers. They've come back from down 0-2 before. But Max A. Smith would be a guy that I think could come off their bench and provide some scoring punch there. Could be a big steal. Even though he measured off as the shortest guy at the combine, I still believe that he's worthy of a first-round pick. And last but not least, it is the Utah Jazz. And I have them selecting Ayo DeSamnu. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right from Illinois. I think he would be a good combo guard because I think think the Jazz need just another another ball handler. I mean, Conley hasn't been he hasn't been healthy in, in his time there. And even though he was a little bit more healthy this year, he just I don't know if he's giving them what they've expected or or the bang for their buck. So he's also a free agent. I imagine he will stay there. 
but yeah, I, I would look to add another guard. So that wraps up my first round. Again, this is Raphael with NBA Draft Junkies. You're listening to the Locked On Network. Well, obviously, you know you're listening to the Locked On Network because you got it on your playlist. But today on the Locked On Today podcast, can the Atlanta Hawks continue to roll in the playoffs? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you for listening, and I'm out.